guest with me. SJ, I'm going to let you go ahead and dive in and let everybody know a little bit about you, what you do, who you are, and then we're going to tackle an amazing topic today. Well, thank you so much, Maria, for the invitation to be a part of your um, of your ongoing podcast and to be able to share with your subscribers, your downloaders, your audience, your tribe. I really appreciate that. I, I don't take this lightly because um, we all have we all have things we can share with the world, but it's all about the uh, platforms that we're offered. And, okay. you know, so my gratitude overflows. It is a thank you Thursday as we're recording this. Um, so thank you for that. All right. So without getting too deep into the proverbial weeds, I will share a minute or two, perhaps at most here. So. Again, my name is SJ. That is my name. It's not initials. The last name is pronounced Barakoni, honoring my Hungarian heritage. And I have been living, residing, working in the state of Ohio in good old Midwest of America for, for my whole life. And along that journey, I have been primarily in two pathways of the four. I like to teach that there is an A, an S, an E, and a C pathway. A would be academe, academia. S would be your public service, your service. E would be entrepreneurial, and C is corporate. And I have been in the corporate and entrepreneurial pathways. And my father was in the same. My father was in corporate for years, and then he went entrepreneurial. So in many respects, I am sort of echoing my father all these years later, and I bring to the table a number of things as a self-employed professional. So I cannot share that I am the owner or the founder or the CEO of X because I have my hands in different things. So at a super high treetop level, one of them is I am I branded myself as the education Sherpa. So I am a guide, I am a trailblazer for B2C households and B2B workplaces in the field of education and where it marries together with entrepreneurship. I also do a little bit of work. All of these are flexible gig-based things. I also take on contracts with incubators, business accelerators, co-working facilities, and the, and the like. So I do that as well. I help out a family business called the H7 Network, and I handle the membership members of that community. And I do member relations or like a concierge in a hotel. And then lastly, I am a city leader and I support the startup ecosystem in my community here in central Ohio as the city leader of Founders Live. So that puts me in touch with that type of uh, professional. So that is me in a high level nutshell. And I thank you again for the opportunity to share. 
That's awesome. And I know, you know, we've talked offline, off and on, so I knew a little bit about you already, but I really wanted our listeners to be able to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, today, we're actually going to be talking about and what you have kind of dubbed the realignment. Um, uh, like you mentioned, and I've heard this stated a couple other ways, the great res- resignation um, and that how that has become a great reflection. Can you kind of elaborate on you know, kind of what you mean by that? Of course. And I would be remiss if I didn't um, do what they say in the social media world as an H forward slash T a hat tip to many other people, because this is not my original um, vernacular, my original language here. I am just part of this movement as a thought leader. So it's not me by any means by myself. It is much bigger than me. So the word great gets attributed to it. And now we have to look at what exactly is going on. So the numbers will take a while to completely come in. But what I have seen so far is during, even during the darkest days of the COVID pandemic in 2020, extending into 2021, from what I have seen, and again, a lot, lot more dust to settle, roughly 9.8 million new businesses were filed. Okay. Now, I'm sure your audience and yourself, Maria, as well as I know that not every business gets officially filed because you can do things self-employed and you don't have to, per se, become a one-person LLC. You can just, you know, do it as a pure self-employed and, you know, that way, too. But regardless of what the number is, that's a lot of businesses, right? Absolutely. Especially in a very dark time. Now, does that mean, you know, obviously we lost quite a few as well. Um, but that was one of the first signs of this great transformation. Okay. So the first thing that I heard pop out, especially in 2021, was the great resignation because we had certain industries and verticals where people were really tired of being treated as less than human in their eyes. And it was no longer about financial and material things. They wanted respect and recognition. They wanted to be in touch with their purpose, their passions, their legacy. Right? Right. Absolutely. So it it was called a great resignation. Now, I have heard it being called the re, a reflection or a reshuffle. And I've even heard a couple of times a realignment or a transformation. Because now it's not just certain industries and certain positions, but it's now starting to affect people that you may not have originally thought, people who were making maybe a little more money or who had supposed more security, right? The so-called middle management inside of a conventional hierarchy, okay? You're also seeing it in other industries that may not, you know, weren't around, you know, in the beginning stages of the, the edges of this. It's also starting to affect different age brackets. It's starting to affect different geographies. It's now becoming more mainstreamed or what some would call it has crossed the chasm between early adopters and what is called the early majority. 
I don't think we're going to see this completely cross into what is called the late majority, at least not maybe for another year or two. But then again, this is rather unprecedented. So it wouldn't completely surprise me if this gets past 50%, because in order to get to the late majority of a population, you have to get past the 50% mark. So we'll have to see, time will tell. But right now, it has crossed the chasm from about 20%. We're now in that 20 to 50% range. From what I can tell, people are saying, you know what, enough's enough. Take, take this career, take this job, and you know, forgive the vernacular, shove it. Yeah. And I'm either going to start my own business. I'm going to scale up my side hustle that I already had. I'm going to go back to school and do something different. Or I might jump pathways and go into, you know, there's a big hashtag, for example, called transitioning teacher. Teachers are leaving the conventional academe pathway in droves, right? So a lot of things are going on all at once. And I'm just part of that as a Sherpa and as a futurist. So I know um, there have been a lot, a lot of people I know personally that, like you mentioned, took something they were doing on the side and decided, you know what, I think I can do this full time. And then there's some people that, you know, have decided to keep their, you know, full time job and just have, you know, a side hustle that they do. I mean, I know we were talking before we went um, live just about the fact that I am a big fan of side hustles in general. Um, You know, I always kind of use the description that, you know, if you go to a financial advisor, they advise you to diversify your portfolio, you know, to not put all your, your eggs in one basket with your investments, which makes sense. But, you know, people aren't being taught to do that on the income side of things, which never quite made sense to me. So that's the reason that I've always had these different, you know, quote unquote side hustles that I've done is because that was, um, that was an, in, like an insurance policy to me that I didn't have to start something from scratch. If something in the market was making, you know, business A not do as well, I could pivot and focus time and energy out of this business over here that I already had kind of some things st- that I could just stoke up at any given time watching the market. Just made sense to me. Um, people thought I was crazy. Like, why do you do so many things, you know? And now they're like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, my crazy brain, you know, um, made sense to me. But, you know, I think for a lot of people, this is new territory. The idea of a side hustle, the idea of doing more than one job, the idea of not just only clocking into a nine to five to be able to, you know, build something that becomes an asset, um, I think is new territory for so many people. Um, I, I love something you had said before we started recording. You said that you noticed that it was something that was impacting you know, stay-at-home mom, something that was impacting female entrepreneurs. Um, I know a lot of women, uh, and I do not know the the number. You could probably Google it and find it. I remember hearing it. I think it was a lot of lot of women. But during COVID, when all of a sudden, you know, all these children were home, it was, you know, by far women who were, like, in droves having to leave their jobs and stay home with the kids and yes there were lots of men too but the percentage was primarily because I had people reach out to me like hey now I'm home with what do I do like like do you have any ideas what can I do now because you know you have you know a two-income household and you know if the primary income you know was 
you know, with one parent than the other parent, it made sense financially, right, to that the parent that's the secondary income would say with the kids. But, you know, they were looking for ways to kind of um, not only manage being at home, you know, with the kids, but also try to manage, like, how do I start this? How do I start making some income to help, you know, make up for some of what I've lost? And how do I manage, you know, trying to work? And, you know, homeschool, in essence, even if they were doing like the online, you know, public school version, it was a big difference than, you know, having little Johnny get on the bus in the morning. Right? So, you know, I think that, you know, this is, um, this is a good, you know, subject matter, because even if a lot of the kids have gone back to school or, you know, maybe they, um, maybe not. I mean, my kids are homeschooled, so it's not changed very much for me, but um, I know for a lot of people, the kids are back in school, but there is still that level of understanding that things have, things have changed, right? It's like sometimes you can't all the way put everything back on the box again. You've got that in the back of your mind, like, oh, okay, well, the, things are different now. My, my thoughts on it are different. My, um, I guess my alignment is different, much to your point of saying realignment. Absolutely. Um, that's why I, I do tend to believe that we are now in a transformation, a realignment, a reflection rather than a resignation. Because I think the resignation stage of this was a phase. Yeah. And does that mean that people are going to continue to resign? Of course, that is part of the journey. Because I think for a long time, people sucked it up professionally. They took all of the bad and compartmentalized it and said, well, I'm making money. I have supposed security, so I will deal with the toxic culture. I will deal with the complete and utter lack of leadership at my workplace. Because a lot of times people still to this day, after all of the volumes of information out there, still to this day, Maria, still confuse leadership and management. They are not even close to the same thing. Absolutely. All right. So the zero leadership, the complete and total black hole vacuum, they sucked it up and said, okay, all right. Or the micromanagement or the, or the slap in the face of the two or 3% raise, even though the performance review was a sterling review. Well, we only have so much in the pool. Here's your 2%, be happy with it, okay? Yeah. All of those things, I think, were almost like a powder keg building up. It was, and all it needed was a spark. It needed, it needed a fuse. And the COVID era sort of lit, lit it. And then it sort of went kaboom. And now things that were maybe right below the surface if you if your audience or your downloaders have ever seen the pictures of the um iceberg where the vast majority is below the water mm -hmm. ask captain smith of the titanic fame what happens when the iceberg is below water you can't see it right um a lot of the stuff i'm about to say over the next minute or so was right below the water line and it was building up so one of them beyond what I've already said, one of them was workforce development programs were not working too well. Okay. 
conventional workforce development, public-private partnerships were not working that well. Number two, the lack of preparing our graduates from conventional classrooms, both public-private, faith-based, secular, rural, urban, suburban, wealthy, poor, all of those various labels, socioeconomic. We were not preparing our graduates for life readiness, period, in many cases. Because I would make a very strong case that college, career, job readiness are all tend to be mediocre or average, but life readiness is the gold standard. And we weren't doing it that well, if at all. So that was right below the surface, too. Another thing right below the surface was people were not bought into why do I have to automatically go into a physical building to do my work? And why do I have to beg to work at home? Okay. You know, because, and it used to be called work-life balance, but I believe the better term for it is work-life integration. We need to have an integration where we can work and provide what we are supposed to do, but we have to remain human. Humans have things that are peaks and valleys. There are times when your health is fantastic and you have no issues and you roll right along. And then there are times where your mental health or your physical health, your emotional health is in a valley. We need to recognize that, okay? You also have peaks and valleys with your financial wellness, okay? And that needs to be addressed, okay? Family situations, relationship challenges, all of these things are part of work-life integration Work-life balance is not the term that I would use anymore, okay? So that was right below the waterline. And then, of course, you already mentioned it. There were enough people that were understanding that multiple sources or streams of income made sense, but they did, but a lot of other people either were doubtful, cynical about it, or they dismissed it out of hand. They didn't get out of their lazy zone, out of their comfort zone, and they didn't explore it. And then all of a sudden the, the pandemic arrives and they lose their only source of income. And then they wonder, what am I going to do next? Well, when you're on the peak, folks, prepare for the next valley. And when you're in the valley, be thinking about how am I going to climb that peak? Okay. And and that is where I think, regardless of socioeconomics, whether you're a female, whether you already have business interests, whether you have lots of assets or have zero assets, again, all those other measures of demographic and psychographics, all this stuff, a lot, all this stuff was pretty much right below the waterline. The iceberg was sort of peaking up over top, and then all of a sudden, the economic boat known as the version of the Titanic came along and scraped alongside of it. And here we are in, at this stage, we're recording this in the spring of 2022. And we are now roughly two years and some change into this era. And I don't think the great reflection, the reshuffle, the realignment, the transformation, whatever way you want to label it. I think we have a ways to go before this completely shakes out. I don't think we're I don't think we're done because there was a lot of this stuff, like I say, was building up 
and it just needed something to let it out. So there you go. No, and I agree with that. And I think it's funny how it feels like that we go sometimes full circle, like, right, everything ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows. And um, <clears throat> during COVID, I thought it was funny how all of a sudden I had people reaching out to me. Um, I used to teach um, wild edible classes back through my wildlife company for years. And then, you know, it wasn't that popular anymore. So I stopped teaching them. Um, and I taught a couple canning classes because it's something that I do that people were wanting to learn how to do. But then again, that died off. During COVID, it was like everybody and their brother was coming out of the woodwork like, hey, do you still teach these classes? Do you still teach these classes? Because they realized that some of these skills that we've kind of, you mentioned lazy, you know, we've kind of not had to use, right? We've not had to tap into all of a sudden people are like panicking, like, what if I need to do this? Like what, like they started growing gardens. They started, which I think is amazing because I've always been that person sure. that's even told my kids, my, my older kids, of course, they were like, well, I don't want to do this. Why do we need to do this? Well, great. You're going to learn it. And if you never use it, great, whatever, you don't have to use it. But if you ever need to use it, you know how, and you know, it's just one of those skills that I was forced to learn. I also did not want to learn when I was a kid, you know, um, but I think it's important for a lot of people to be able to have these core things that they know, like, you know, how do you, you know, source your own food? How do you grow a garden? Even if you never have the intention on doing it, it's important to know, you know, and the same goes for, you know, financially, like, how do you start making dollars? You know, in essence, a very basic definition of a business is if you do a a service or provide a product that somebody is willing to pay dollars for, in essence, that can be a business. So, you know, how do you take these things and turn them into something that can create extra dollars? Even if you don't necessarily need those dollars today, you know, how do you still provide that extra source of income, whether you're investing it or whatever? You know, I think it's important for people to know how to do those things. And you'd be surprised what people are willing to pay you for, you know? Um, and I think, I think, you know, during this time, people were looking at some of those things that had become, I guess, dormant, I guess would be, a, you know, a good term for it. They, those, those skills, those thoughts, the, the need for knowing a lot of these things had become dormant. And, you know, even though we could sit and talk about a lot of negative things that come out of just the whole COVID experience, that's one thing that I've found that has been a very positive thing is it it has almost flipped the switch in a lot of people's minds to say, you know, I need to think about this over here. Absolutely. Um, I think you can trace back everything you said to a couple possible routes here. And again, I don't want to overplay my metaphor of the water line and everything, but pick another one, you know, if you want. But the first that comes to mind is we have not at all done a good job, I would say mediocre at best, and that's maybe being a little generous, on teaching again life readiness, which life readiness is a holistic approach to everything. Some people in the coaching profession or in other professional services will say, you know, they'll introduce concepts like a wheel and you'll have like, mental on it, physical, financial, family, and a few other things, right? That's exactly what I'm getting at when I say life readiness. 
and it doesn't matter how the life readiness is delivered. But if you're not going to do it in a conventional classroom, you need to pursue that information somehow. Absolutely. Whether it's the whether it's the e pathway, the entrepreneurs providing it, to your point, monetizing it, delivering a free enterprise solution. Whether it's creating a micro school or a learning pod that teaches this kind of stuff and you do it sort of in a hybrid way which did happen during the uh pandemic whether it's a conventional accredited institution that starts to do micro and nano credentialing which by the way is a big future of work future of education trend absolutely okay someone has to do this stuff because thought leaders going all the way back at the time of this recording, we're talking about coming up on 90 years, not quite, but we're getting there. And I speak specifically of two gentlemen here. One of them is, is Dale Carnegie. The other is Napoleon Hill. Both of these gentlemen talked about the flaws and the issues in the school system back in the 1930s and 40s. Mm -hmm. And these flaws are still right there in the 2020s. Absolutely. So we have a choice to how do we fix these flaws? And I just laid out some possibilities how you can do that, right? And there's probably more. Again, be enterprising, be creative, and do not allow that laziness to kick in, that familiar comfort zone. Because here's the thing. The brain, and I'm not a neuroscientist, we'd have to get another guest of yours to talk about this stuff a little bit deeper. But from what I understand at a, at a, as a self-directed lifelong learner, from what I understand, my limited amount of knowledge in the space, is the human brain likes to categorize things that are happening into an existing file folder or a neural pathway. It's like, okay, he's He's he, he or she has talked to this person, therefore this must be a coaching experience. Or they have gone this route to the store, therefore I will take that same route to the store, right? That's what happened with a lot of these skills. They weren't needed. The economy was supposedly doing great and we didn't, it didn't matter. But then all of a sudden the store shelves started to look very empty. For those of us, like I'm a Gen Xer, I remember seeing pictures of how it looked in the former Soviet Union in the late 1980s and the early 1990s, around the time of Gorbachev and Yeltsin. And here I am in 2020, roughly 30 years later, and I'm seeing this in America? Yeah. What is going on here, right? Well, is that not a serious awakening? And now here we are at the time of this recording and we have something with baby food now is the latest thing. We can't even get baby food to the shelves. Okay, we still having semiconductor issues. So bottom line is be enterprising. And, and even if you don't understand entrepreneurship completely, find someone to mentor you, okay? Find someone to coach you if you need a little bit more handholding, more of a coaching mentality join and be part of a group a small group and maybe you do facilitated dialogue or you do a cohort or join an accelerator program do something do something where you 
are learning how to fill in the gaps in your locality, your local community, your cul-de-sac, your village, your town, your city, wherever you live, and figure out instead of waiting for the existing institutions to figure it out, baby food, semiconductors, how do I educate my kids when the schools can't stay open? Be enterprising and figure it out because if you're waiting for political solutions, if you're waiting for the existing institutions to solve it, I'm sorry to say, and this is not a political statement, this is a civic statement, you're probably gonna be very disappointed, okay? I'm not saying don't go vote. I'm not saying that the system is completely beyond reproach or beyond salvation or salvaging. But what I am saying is this is where you can rise from the grassroots and you can make some money for your family as a hustle or as a full-time gig by solving stuff that the existing institutions are not delivering now, or maybe they haven't been delivering it for 80 or 90 years, just like Hill and Carnegie identified all those years ago. So that would be my strongest advice to people. Well, and I think that even educators, I have a lot of friends who are teachers and I in no way want to, you know, downplay that so many teachers care so much about these kids. They got into teaching because they wanted to teach. They wanted to, they had this, this joy of teaching children. Unfortunately, what has happened is they have very limited access to be able to teach the way that they dreamed when they were paying all these dollars to go to school. And if you talk to them, they'll tell you that very thing, that they feel stuck in a box. And I mean, we could get onto that as a whole other subject we could get onto. But, you know, I, I do want to say that, you know, in no way, whenever I say what I'm going to say, am I downplaying the importance and the roles of teachers? Even though I homeschool, I have a few teachers that I look to to come in and tutor. I don't do geometry on a regular basis. And my kid is doing geometry now. He, he does not need me to teach him geometry. It was I was great at it when I was in school. It was one of those things that I learned, checked it off, never needed it again. So my brain has decided not important, right? It's become a dormant skill that I no longer have access to. So, you know, I look to some of these teachers to say, hey, you know, can you come in and help me? At much to your point, I think it's so important to have these people to reach out to um, and to realize that, you know, they and these teachers in a lot of ways feel also very stuck in a box. Um, a lot of parents have talked to me to say, you know, I wish I could homeschool, you know, but, you know, I'm a, a one, you know, income family and there's no way that I can, you know, be able to do that. And, you know, I think that thinking outside of the box on some of these things and figuring out these gaps, like you mentioned, that needs filled, you know, I think taking it into our own hands to say, okay, well, you know, if you can't, you know, homeschool seven days a week or, well, I don't do seven days a week either, but let's say four, you know, five days a week. Um, then, you know, how, how can you do two days a week? Or can you, you know, um, come in and, and have people come in and do like some type of a group thing? Don't underestimate the importance of, you know, tapping into resources that are already there. I made it so hard on myself when I first started homeschooling. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love Pinterest, but I got on Pinterest and I had this all planned out how amazing it was going to be and had it all kind of laid out. And the reality of it was what I had kind of wanted to do wasn't even realistic with the way my kids learned, our lifestyle. <laughs> I had to I had to kind of tweak it um, to be to fit in with our lifestyle because, you know, sometimes we don't start school until 3 p.m., you know, instead of, you know, 7 a.m., you know, it depends on the day. And I think if you're one of those 
one of those people that are thinking about homeschooling or thinking about working from home or thinking about starting a side hustle, probably the best piece of advice I can give you is to look at your lifestyle now and be realistic on how you implement these things in. You don't have to do it all at once. You can slowly roll some things out. It makes it so much less stressful. I can tell you that from experience. Absolutely. Um, this is not, again, like I gave the hat tip earlier. This is not original thought, but um, through my very first mentor who I met a little over 12 years ago, I was led to this little nugget, which sounds very corny. It almost sounds like for those who remember the Brady Bunch, it sounds like a Mike Bradyism. But it's it's take one bite of the elephant at a time. You do not need to eat the whole elephant when you are going through these transitions. Because that's when burnout hits. That's when you feel like things are out of control. Your mental health suffers. Your self-care disappears. You're probably not eating as well. Um, sleep, etc. Okay. But being creative right now is one of your biggest assets there's actually some people out there you can look it up online yourself we won't have the time to get into this kind of detail but they will measure your creativity so a lot most people have heard of an iq test mm -hmm. but what about creative quotient oh yeah okay this is where you want to start looking at things through other paradigms other worldviews one of them is how creative are you? And we're not talking creative as drawing and being the next Picasso. We're just saying, instead of going straight ahead and being linear, can you take a little bend in the road? Okay. Can you take a skill that maybe you think you will never be able to make money at? And can you make money now because we can't do baby food anymore? Okay. We can't match up people with open positions. I mean, there's talk all the, all over the place now about skill gaps and retention and acquisition of talent and such. Again, this is stuff that was bubbling below the surface and or below the waterline for a while. And all it needed was an iceberg and the Titanic equivalent or the powder keg, pick your favorite visual, and it happened. So this is where you, as someone who needs to make multiple sources or streams of income, this is where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. This is where maybe you're wondering, well, I got that degree in school. I haven't used it yet. Maybe you can now monetize it if you think differently. Okay. Most of our society is still using a time based measurement that is an industrial age concept you need to be measuring your competencies now okay competencies skills gifts that you have can make money for you if you have the right mindset about it so mental game the financial game and also the people you hang around with, your social circles, your cultural world. Because if you're around people that want to talk you down because they don't have the courage, they don't have the high enough CQ to pursue it, maybe you need to be in different circles. Or another way of saying it is if you are the smartest person in the room, 
you need to be finding another room as quickly as possible. Because credentialism and expertitis are anchors, they drag you down. Lifelong learning and self-directed education are like a balloon that you latch onto and you can sail up towards the clouds. And that's where learning pods, that's where micro schools, that's where accelerator programs, mastermind groups, sewing circles, whatever you wanna call them, this is where they can help you. Because even though we might be through the worst of the worst at the time of this recording, we still have a tremendous amount of disruption in this world. We have a war going on. We have baby food again. I know I keep mentioning that, but that one still shocks me, right? Um, it was almost like the toilet paper a few years ago. Um, we have, again, lack of semiconductors. All kinds of stuff is going on, right? This is the time to rise up from the grassroots and provide something that is not being provided in your locality or, again, wherever you live. So Absolutely. I want to see I want to see more people do this. And I am dedicated as a Sherpa and a futurist to be a part of that. So that's me. Well, and I love that. And I think that, you know, for some people, they did get dumped into thinking like this, just with the fact that, you know, so many kids, again, were out of school and they're staying home with them. They're like, what am I going to do? But now, you know, even though things have kind of gone back to quote unquote normal in a lot of ways there are some of these things that are kind of hanging out there. And if somebody's, you know, listening to this right now and they're like, you know, I do want to think about things a little different, you know, maybe, maybe five day a week, you know, eight to three school isn't best for my family or for my child. Cause all kids learn differently too. For some of my kids, that schedule works completely fine. And for some of my kids, there's, there's no way that that would work. So it's like, you know, are we, setting our kids up for success or failure. We're setting ourselves up for success or failure because who wants to fight that fight every day? So, I mean, I think if it's something that they're kind of thinking about, you know, there's so many options out there, you know, homeschooling, co-ops, you know, public schools, private schools. It depends on the child, their learning, um, you know, methods and the family unit, like what's best. Um, and that goes to say, even with, you know, um, you know, working for some people that corporate, setting is perfect for them. For some people, I always tell people all the time, I am a terrible employee. I'm a terrible, horrible, you don't want, I've been, like people have tried to hire me. I'm like, you don't want me to work for you. I'm a horrible employee. I'm that person. I was like, why are we doing this like this? this I don't understand. Well, like, why are we doing this like this? So it's like, I know that about myself. I'm not a great employee. I do great as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, because the way my mind works, but I am a terrible employee. So it's like, once you figure some of these things out, um, you know, you kind of kind of get in your own rhythm. And I also figured out that this idea that I want to have several different things, that's what works best for me. For some people, one hyper-focused thing, and then, you know, maybe a side hustle works best for them because they get overwhelmed. For me, I get bored easy. I'm like, okay, well, this is boring. I want to do something over here for a while. So it's like, again, figure out what works best for you and your family. And I love that there are people out there like you that you know, are kind of guiding people through some of these transitions. I think that's perfect. Um, I do want to ask you, uh, if people want to connect with you, where's the best place for them to reach you? Um, absolutely. I'm glad to answer that. Let me, before I forget though, let me okay. go back and pick up one thing from earlier that I meant to say, and you just reminded me of it. I don't think anyone has ever put me into this box before, but I do want to head it off at the pass. And that is just like you, I am not at any way, shape or form anti-teacher. Mm -hmm. 
I think the vast majority of people who enter the conventional classrooms of your nation, whether it's America, Canada, whatever, you come in with the most inspired reasons for doing whatever it is you've chosen to do. You have sat and pursued all that credentialing and you've done the teaching before, you have shadowed someone, etc. But what you didn't realize was that you were entering something that had aged on you. It was, it's sort of like jumping into a 15-year-old vehicle, expecting it to take off like a Tesla. Okay. It, the existing system is not a Tesla. It was designed in the era, and I'm not kidding, do your research or ask me, and we'll talk about it some other time. It was designed in the era when the horse and buggy was predominant. Okay. That's the roots of it. And it's not about you. It's the system that is aged around you and it is rusted away. So there's that. Okay. How to contact me. I am a social capital guy and I do things a little differently in terms of being reached than certain other professionals. And I fully understand, and acknowledge that. So I don't sit and point people to a website per se. I point people to my LinkedIn profile primarily. So you see my name on the screen, look up that name. Again, it's my name, not initials. There's no one else with that name out there. It's not John Smith, so you should have no problem finding me. Okay, that it, that works. Now, if you are, though, someone who is not on LinkedIn, because there was a period of time in my journey that I wasn't, you can find me on Instagram under the Education Sherpa. Okay, so that's a second place. I also will provide for show notes. I have a phone number like everyone. I have an email address. And I also have a digital scheduler calendar where you can put time on my calendar and we can talk and get to know each other. Because like any professional, I'm not going to look to charge someone immediately until I get to know you and see if I can be your Sherpa. Can I help you in some way, shape, or form? Is it your family, your household? Is it you as an individual? Is it a business workplace? Maybe you're a small employer dealing with all of these fallouts. You know, maybe you want to start a micro school or start a learning pod. You know, I can help with every single one of these things. Okay. So I will provide those three things separately because reading off a whole email address or a phone number or a scheduler wouldn't be easy verbally. But I will provide this to you, Maria, so you can put it in show notes and all that. That um, was, that was, yeah, I was going to suggest that very thing. So if yeah. if you're interested in contacting SJ to find out more about anything, the you know the link to be able to contact him will be in the show notes. And yeah, I mean, I, I think this has been great. Um, if anybody has any specific questions, you know, they can reach out to you. It's very thought provoking to think about, you know, that there are so many options. So it's it's great that there are people like you out there to kind of guide people in, you know, some of these decisions, because it can be overwhelming, um, for sure. And, you know, for some of it, you know, maybe some people out there are considering it. Maybe some have already kind of taken the leap and they're not sure how to organize things, you know. That's right. But, you know, for wherever you find yourself at, if, it, if you feel that, you know, SJ can help in your, you know, transition or your journey, then you can get our show notes and you can click and follow and connect and all the things. Um, if you are watching this on Facebook or YouTube. We'll be back again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, if you can take just a second, go to our profile and click subscribe and feel free to share this with your somebody that you think would get some benefit out of this. And SJ, thank you so much for being on here today. It's been a blast. Well, again, thank you for the opportunity to bring some thought leadership and some creativity, some innovation to the to the digital table. Because again, if you haven't done any of this stuff yet, don't feel like you've done anything wrong. It's just you might need to be empowered. You might need to be edified, uplifted. You might need to be encouraged. And you might just simply need some positive energy. Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I may not be your final answer, but if not, I probably will know someone who can either tag team with me or I can hand you to someone else. But regardless, I look forward to speaking with as many of you as would like to speak with me. And again, Maria, thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Absolutely. Thank you. Life is a wine.